Welcome to another edition of the Social Proof Podcast. We are here. You're going to learn something valuable from an entrepreneurship perspective, mm-hmm. right? Which means that you'll be learning from me today, and Shans is just here. This is true. I am Donnie Wiggins, the best business coach in the world, and this is... David Shans. I'm entrepreneur. We actually um, have a bunch of stuff going on. Let's just put that up front. Um, Social Proof Alumni Affairs coming up. Yeah. Really, really excited about that. I was thinking... Like even last year, how do you do something that no one's doing in your space? And that's always what I'm thinking. So started a podcast, right? And there's a lot of people have a podcast, but not everybody has a studio. So I'm thinking like, yo, we need our own space, our own customizable space, just to at least create a little bit of separation. Mm -hmm. And then uh, we're thinking, yo, everybody has guests on their podcast, but not everybody's taking like the money from the podcast to invest back into the people. So the whole concept behind the social proof alumni fair and Donnie couldn't make it last year. She had COVID. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, it was just a phenomenal event. Imagine all of the people that you've seen on the podcast all in one room, networking, connecting with each other. Um, it, it costs a pretty penny and it's actually going to cost me more this year. But I think, like, if we're going to talk about community, we actually have to invest in the community sure. and bringing people together. So I'm really excited about that concept because there's no other podcast doing that, right? Nobody else is doing that. I don't know anybody else that's doing live studio audiences. Nope. Yep. Or got a van. Or got a van with their with their face on it. Absolutely. Yeah, we got to think of, like, what do you do that no, nobody else does? Your unique proposition factor. Absolutely. What is your unique proposition factor? I want to talk. You're not going to ask me about my day, my I week. Am. But Wait, stop. Go for it. David, how was your day? How was your it was day? A, it was amazing. But yesterday, it was frustrating. Okay. So I'm in, I'm driving, and I'm, I'm getting off the exit. And I see our beloved water boys. You know what I'm talking about? If you're not in Georgia, there's a movement of children who are selling water when you stop your car. Stop lights, stop signs, they out here selling water. And I guess, you know, a lot has happened and they changed it up and somebody kind of created a logo and like a hat and a t-shirt, right? So I'm on the phone handling bad news, like just like like frustrating stuff that all entrepreneurs go through. Uh Kid comes up with a hat and he says, obviously he's in the, like my, my window's up, but he's like, yo, dog got the hats. And I'm like, not right now, I'm trying, and I'm I'm actually being extra on the phone, like on speaker. No, I can't make it. I don't like. I'm trying to be extra on the phone. He doesn't care. It's like, hey, OG, you just thought I got like more. I'm like, not right now. He like, man, why not? And then he looked inside. He said, bro, you got a Rolex on, man. Why don't you? I'm like, and then the light turns, and I drive a little bit. And I'm looking in my rearview mirror. He's giving me all kind of fingers. Just me. <laughs> I, it really gave me anxiety because in my mind, I'm thinking, all right, this kid's going to see me in the street somewhere. <laughs> He's going to be with his boys, okay? <laughs> and these kids are reckless. And I'm going to have to handle that. Um, but all, then I started to think, I'm like, I teach kids that one of their unique value propositions is the fact that they're young and people will support. But now I have to teach the kids that not everybody's going to support and not to lose your cool. Because if I seen him another day and he was selling the hat again, he's like, yo, I see you in traffic one day, man. Yo, you would you support now? I'd be more willing to support. Yeah. 
I'd be way more well. Oh, yeah, no doubt. I got time now. Bet. No problem. But now if I see him, I would never. Because he, like, cussed me out, gave me all kind of fingers, and now I'm a bad person. But I realized the kid feels entitled to someone supporting his business, which could be a good or bad thing. But I think a lot of entrepreneurs here who have friends and family, and those friends and family don't support, they do the same thing to them. As if they're obligated to support. Mm. So, one, it just, it really frustrated me and bothered me. And I was like, man, I need to go back and teach. I I need to like go back and teach him, but I don't know if he'd be receptive like that. But like I had to realize even to myself, nobody owes me anything. Mm -hmm. Even when I do something for somebody, nobody owes me anything. If you do a favor for somebody, I'm at a point where I do favors for people because I want to do a favor for them, not because I need something in return. But if you approach it that way, like, yo, I'm going to do this for you, but only now you owe me. It's just a bad way of doing business. So that really, really gave me uh, anxiety and gave me a lot to think about, man. Like, yo, it, do I feel entitled? Does, is my wife entitled to do certain things because I'm her husband? Maybe. It's a conversation, right? I don't know. Am I, am I entitled? To, do I have to do certain things? And... um I've learned through this process that uh, it's not, especially in relationships, it's not give and take and give and take. You give because you're a giver. Mm-hmm. And you have to be okay with not receiving sometimes. But yeah, it was, it was really, really frustrating, man. He made me mad. He made you mad? Chance never gets mad, but it raises a good point. Like you said, this person, this kid was so upset with you because you didn't support his hustle um, and he's standing behind you after you say no, you're busy, you're nice about it. He's flipping you off and giving you the finger. How many people are have you flipped off? How many people are you flipping off right now mm-hmm. because they didn't buy your cosmetics? They didn't buy your pouches. They're not supporting your dream. How many people are you saying F you to because they're not supporting? And then you have to sit down and actually have a self an inner perspective, like do the inner work to determine why it bothers you so much. Well, we know why it bothers you so much with friends and family is because These are people that love you and that you love and you feel like, well, if it were them and the shoe was on the other foot, I'm there. I'm supportive. I'm cheering. You know, I'm cheering for you. Why wouldn't you do the same for me? It's something that I had to work on for a long period of time. Like I would always feel like like we had a conversation yesterday, very similar uh, conversation. And I just feel like uh, when it comes to my friends and when it comes to my family, I'm ready to pay. That's just what I'm going to do. Right. Because I know the struggle of building something successfully, because I know the ups and downs, even when it looks like you're making money, because I know what that looks like, like I don't want you to do anything for me for free or where I can't give you an equal exchange of value, you know, in in return. And when you've got family and friends not supporting you, it feels like, again, I would do it for you, but you have to ask yourself who would do it. Who would do it? You would do it. That's your personality. <laughs> right. That's your personality. That's why I don't ask you to help me move. You don't. I'm not paying that back. Not not paying that back. Like <laughs> if you ask me to help you move, I am going to likely say no because that's a re- that's a favor I will never return. <laughs> I will. Yeah. I'll never return that favor. I have no interest, and I'm going to be honest. I'm not the girl to ask for that. But if you got a question about your business, let's sit down and talk. So, I was sharing with Shans last night that um, I did some work for a, an entrepreneur who's in our friend group. And I helped make that entrepreneur a lot of money, hundreds of thousands of dollars instantly. 
in that day, right? And it came to a point recently where I needed to reach out to that entrepreneur and say, hey, I need a service from you. That person put me in touch with their assistant. She'll get with you on the prices. <laughs> what? <laughs> <laughs> and it's not that I wanted something for you from you for free, but I expected that this person would uh, nurture me during my process the way that I nurtured them during their process. I didn't make them talk to Kyle. They talked directly to me. They didn't have to talk to Deja. They talked directly to me. I showed up. I did a job. I went above and beyond and I made you hundreds of thousands of dollars in a period of three hours. Mm -hmm. And when I hit you for a $5,000 service, you sent me to your assistant who quoted me full price. And I had to have, I had to put things in perspective. Like that's my fault. It's not their fault. It's my fault. I shouldn't have done free work. And I did that for free. I shouldn't have done the free work. I talk all the time about sticking to your policies and sticking to your processes. I, it, it's not on that person because they didn't, they didn't step out of, outside of their boundaries. I stepped outside of mine. And now I am angry. Now I am feeling butthurt in a way because I did something I shouldn't have done and I expected them to do the same thing. Get over yourself. That's what I had to say. But I don't think, I don't think you shouldn't have done the free work. I think you should have done the work because you wanted to do it. Yeah. And that's exactly what happened. Yeah. I didn't, I didn't even mind. I had nothing to do that day. I was excited to do it. In fact, it's work that I love to do. And I didn't even mind doing the work. It was physical labor for me, for me, just like I need physical labor from them. I didn't mind doing the work, but I also get paid a good amount of money to do this work. But for you, I got you. I got you because I feel like we can benefit each other somewhere along the way. And the one thing that I don't want to have to do is ask for you to cash in on that return that you yeah. owe me. <laughs> I don't want to, I'm not going to ask. So when I was quoted the price, no problem. And guess what I'm doing? Paying the price. I'm paying the price because I still need the service, but I do feel some kind of way, mm-hmm. but I understand that that's my fault. So now when I'm in that situation where I am, the first lesson in this is that you can't support people with expectations. Facts. You can't you can't yep. support people with expectations. Um, Kenny just told me this the other day. I told him, I said, I love you. And he was like, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> and so I'm sitting there in the car and I'm like staring him down. You're and he's like, away. What? <laughs> he, he messes with me like this often. And so I'm staring him down like you gonna feel this heat coming from the side of my face. So he looks over he's like, everybody good? I'm like, no. He's like, oh, oh, you expected me to say it back? I did. He said, oh, so your loving me is conditional. <gasps> Ooh. Your expression of your love for me is conditioned upon the fact that you expect me to say it in return. But don't you already know that I love you? Mm, that's a conversation. That didn't fix it, though. That is, no, Dottie. And I'm still waiting. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm still waiting. So, you know, those those are things. Like, it could have, in that moment, we were kind of joking around, but 
at the wrong time, that could have been a situation, right? When I'm not in a joking mood, I could have been angry for the rest of the, because somebody didn't respond the way that I wanted them to respond. Somebody didn't support the way that you want them to support. Somebody didn't do for you or do you the way that you would do them. That's a you problem. That's 100%. what I'm learning every single, that's a you problem. That's a you and problem. The, the, the key to getting over it is that you have to get over it. You got to do what you're going to do anyway. So if somebody owes you a favor and you want them to provide a service or a product and you don't want to pay them for it, you got to pay somebody. You got to do it anyway. If somebody is, if you want to support someone, you're still going to support people. It just happens. And don't let what other people do change the core and the inner being of who you are. Like, because it's so hard. It gets to the point, like I told David last night, I ain't doing nothing for free for nobody else. That's not who I am. I ain't doing nothing at a discount for nobody else. Now, for clarity, I'm talking, <laughs> I'm talking about my friends. <laughs> okay. I'm talking about my friends. I'm talking about clients and, you know, things like that. Don't, don't DM me about free work. I don't do it. But, you know, it, it makes you feel like I ain't doing nothing. I ain't supporting you. I got this grudge. I got this chip on my shoulder. It's a you problem. Yeah, I, I said, so it was one episode, maybe like a year, year and a half ago, where I was talking about, I don't know if you remember where I was talking about that I I almost expect people to disappoint me. Do you remember? I, I talked about that. And they kind of tore it up in the comments like, yo, you can't be so negative. But if someone disappoints me, it doesn't bother me because like human beings are selfish. I understand it. Right? So Dottie is my sister. I love her. If she ever, I, I don't see her doing anything um, intentionally to make sure she she wins at my expense. I don't ever expect Donnie to do something like that. But if she did, it wouldn't hurt me because in her mind, that was the right thing to do at the time. I just can't, I, I, you can't, you can't go through life expecting other people to make you happy. Yeah. Somebody asked me like, yo, so you mean to tell me if your wife cheated on you, wouldn't be hurt? Yes, I'd be hurt. But not for long. Because no one else dictates my happiness. Nobody. Would you get even? Would I get even? No. <laughs> I'm just out. <laughs> I'm a dip. It's over. <laughs> I'm getting even, then I'm out. <laughs> <laughs> but like if like when people get mad at their friends and family for not supporting, you're not mad at the family member. You're mad at yourself because you can't find another hundred thousand people to buy from you. Mm. That's why you're really upset. Mm. So nobody is listening to the podcast. I can't be mad at y'all for not listening. I'm mad at myself for not making something valuable enough for you to go buy. So like no nobody can affect how I move. And if I did do something for free and then they tried to charge me full price, I initially I did it for free because I wanted to do it for free. It's so important that black voices are represented in black media for so many different reasons. And the next generation of black uh, voices and influencers from black voices can be found on NPR's new collection, Black Stories, Black Truths. Black Stories, Black Truths is a celebration of blackness from NPR. Each of NPR's black voices are as distinct, varied, and nuanced as the black experience itself. In the Black Stories, Black Truths collections, you'll hear stories of joy, resilience, empowerment, and creating world-shifting things out of struggle. And every episode is a living account about what it means to be Black today, told from a unique Black perspective. From Bobby Smyrta to The Wire, Michelle Obama to Reparations, there's no limit to the range of Black Stories, Black Truths. 
I listen and I'm enjoying these conversations that are for us, by us. Black representation, again, it hasn't always been uh, shared from our perspective. And black perspectives haven't been censored in the telling of America's story. Now they are the story. In NPR's Black Stories, Black Truths, you'll find a collection of some of NPR's best podcast episodes celebrating the black experience. Here are a feed of episodes from across NPR's podcasts that center black voices. It's NPR. Noir. Turn on NPR today and hear a range of voices as very nuanced and black as the country we reflect. Stories should never be about us without us. Listen to the Black Stories, Black Truths on NPR, wherever you get podcasts. In that moment, I had no expectation moving forward. Now, if I did something for you and you made me some money and, and I made you some money and then you want to charge me full price moving forward, that might dictate how I move. But I'm not mad I helped you out in the beginning because that's the type of person I am. But I just know what it is now. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. How was your week? If I'm being honest, I don't remember the week. Really? Did we hang out? Did we do something? Is that a good thing or a bad thing? It's a good thing. Oh, I saw that movie, uh, Woman is King. Woman King. Woman King. Everybody go see it. Was it good? The, The movie is amazing. I'm hearing so much trash talking about the writing of the movie. It's always like when a woman is in power, we're going to pick this movie apart, right? Now, I will say, I have seen some comments about the king in the movie and he is given um, 70s pimp. (laughs) 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 They did not have that Afro style, that particular curly Afro style with the juice in it, you know, the activator. They didn't have that in the 1800s. So that was was bad (laughs) costuming, but the movie was so amazing and it was really around the premise of um do you know do you believe that the woman is the neck like the man is the head but the woman is the neck conversation get weird on me i don't (laughs) conversation get real weird i don't i don't get it you You gotta explain all right so here's the thing and this is gonna help a lot of ladies who struggle with like power and control and uh submission and all these things that you you're supposed to give up to be considered feminine once you realize that you are the neck everything will change right so you've got your neck on your body and your man is the head and if you hold your i'm sorry was this in the movie stop it If you hold your (laughs) neck, you can't move your head without also moving your neck. Your neck controls the direction that your head moves in. To the degree of if you are in pain, if your neck is in pain and you wake up and you have a crook in your neck, right? Let's say you have a crook on this side of your neck. Well, the neck is in control. You cannot turn your head to the left. Your neck will allow you to turn your head to the right very slightly, but uh, uh, don't cause it. We're stifled by this pain in our neck. And in the movie Woman King, there's a male, um, there's a male king, and then there's a woman, a group of women who are his bodyguards. And there comes a, a point in the movie where the woman has to make a decision. Do I go and save my girl? Some of her, some of her, uh, some of her warrior group had gotten held captive and he said, hey, you got to sacrifice a few to save the many. Well, she's not going for it. And he said, if you leave this kingdom, we will shun you forever. She left. While she's gone, 
He finds out that she's gone. His neck is gone. There's nothing he can do about it except await her return, right? And the whole movie is about identifying who the next woman king would be to assist him. And he's got like seven wives and he's got this wife who doesn't understand her power. She doesn't understand that she's the next. She's trying to be the head, 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 head. And I want to be the woman king. She gets nothing. Uh, Viola Davis, who's playing woman king, she goes out, she saves her troop. She comes back a warrior. Hold on. Um, Whoa, 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 whoa. Can we watch the movie? It just came out. She comes back. Hold on. No, Donnie, come on, man. She's one. are spoiling the movie. You're not going to go see it, David. I am going to go see it. Me and my wife want to go see it. We plan on seeing it. You don't even like women movies with heroes that are female. This is crazy. You're going to spoil it. I can see. Let's talk about it like a few weeks. It's brand new. It's not brand new. That's the thing. You're late. When when did it come out? Don't make my tardiness your A couple weeks ago? (laughs) A week. A week is brand new. It's still a conversation in the box. So can we talk about it later, please? No. Okay, let me make my point. Ladies, (laughs) ladies, I need you to understand that you are the neck. We, and this was something that I had to learn. Stop trying to be the head. You don't have to be the head. We don't have to flex our muscle because the head can't make a move without the neck anyway. And I don't even know where this point came from, but I felt like <laughs> it had to be made and it had to be made today. Yeah, but you know. You feel me, right, Blessing? People ain't going to like it, though. You know what I mean? Why Especially, wouldn't somebody like that? Especially like, somebody who feels like, and I think it's going to be based on their definition of how they're like, how they're looking at the head of, they might be the head of their household. Like, I ain't the neck of my household. I'm the head of my household. Especially if they don't have, you know, there's nobody else in the household that's helping raise the kids or support the household. That person you're the is the head that. and the neck. <laughs> I mean, you can't have one without the other. You can't walk around without a head and you can't walk around without a neck. You are, but there are some people who are both. I've had to be both for a very long time. Good. Yeah, I understand. You don't understand. Here's what's crazy. Here's what's crazy. In my household, I'm probably more of the neck. Oh, yeah, I got to talk about something else because this is crazy. I just don't like the way this is. Let's have a mature conversation in here, young men. Let's have a mature conversation. No, but it's totally some men yeah. are the next. So when you have more of a, I don't know that I agree. <laughs> no, I can't out here. Reese, a pause. All right. Okay. I got you. Some men who <laughs> don't have a problem. I don't know that I agree that you're the neck because you are still the provider, the leader, the breadwinner of the household. Mm-hmm. And ultimately, I believe you make the decisions. Dre offers you a tremendous amount of support in the decisions that you make, and she might finalize the details of those decisions, but I think you're still the head. Okay. We'll talk. Yeah. I'll ask her. Yeah. Well, That's what she thinks. Definitely talking like <laughs> neither right now. <laughs> definitely sound right. like neither. Yeah, I wanted to ask you a question, um, Donnie. What do you do with your money? Um, I do a couple of things. Like, when you make money, is there like a, a thing that you do? Is there a thing? Like a specific formula. Yeah. So when I make money and I have my formula, because I have to look at this every single month, but I'll tell you exactly what I do. Yep. Because I never remember it. Um, First of all, 15%, I pay myself. So I do know that part. Um, On the 1st and the 15th. So your your income change every month or 
every week almost. Like if you get paid, you get paid every day. I pay myself on the 1st and 15th. So from the 1st to 15th, whatever you make, you take 15% of that. Mm -hmm. You pay yourself gross? I pay myself off revenue. Oh, gross? Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yep. So I follow the profit first model. And I think it's one of the easiest and most responsible models to follow financially. So when we're talking about number one, what do I do with my money once I make it? The first thing that I do is allocate it appropriately. So um, I have several bank accounts and in all of my money goes into my main income account. So from that main income account, then I start to divvy up the funds. So 20% of all of my deposits that I get from Stripe or um, the podcast or whatever we're getting, 20% of that goes into what's called my profit account, right? That's usually the money where I can make some decisions. We, mm-hmm. can, we can decide on some purchases or some investments. So that's, that's personal. You're talking about 20% of the 15%. Nope. So we're talking about 100% of the money. Yes. All of the money goes into a revenue account, right? Yes. In the, a main income account. Yeah. 20% of that goes into a profit account, which is a savings account. Okay. So I take profit, 20%. Okay. So we got 80% left. Okay. The next is my tax account. 15% of my gross income goes into my tax account. Got it. Okay. Which is also a savings account. Then I have my operating account, which is 50%. Um, 50% of everything that goes, comes in, goes into my operating account. That is the account that I, that I use to pay all of the expenses for the business. I don't care if somebody did a flyer or if it's payroll or system, all of that goes there. Um, and then I pay myself 15%, which goes into my personal account. I see. So that the 20% profit account that when you say you could do some things in terms of investing. Yep. So now when we're having conversations like let's buy these businesses, Right. investing in the hedge fund, I check my profit account because that's that's extra money. So like the money that we invested into the hedge fund that came from my profit account. Mm. Um, we're about to purchase a business together. Whatever we don't have in our account, any extra of my contribution is coming from my profit account. I see. Okay. And, and me and Donnie, we have an account where we do like joint things where we make money together. And um, so it's we're... Lit too. It, it's lit. It's up. It's really, really cool, man, to watch it grow. And y'all need to start making some money with your friends. Yes. You know what I mean? And we we haven't like spent it. It's like we do some things together and it just goes into that account. I don't even know how, I mean, I know kind of six figures how much, but like we don't even touch it. And we have like some flexibility to do some things and it's like an extra thing. So I think if I was, if y'all have some friends or business partners and y'all, just create a little stream of income together that just goes into the account that y'all can flip. So right now we, we interviewed Snoop and we're looking at salon suites mm-hmm. and uh, what, you got an appointment today. Or we have tomorrow? an appointment today. So what ends up happening is um, my hairstylist worked out of these salon suites. They just moved there and a couple of months ago and the owner wasn't, they didn't feel like the owner was managing the salon correctly. I don't know if she was or wasn't. The stylist didn't feel like she was and she lives in a different state. So I've never really engaged with her. So one day my stylist sends me a message and she's like, we've moved. We're three minutes down the street, blah, blah, blah. So I get there and I'm like, yo, what happened? Why are all the stylists here? (laughs) And she's like, she made me so mad. She had me managing the salon. You know, this was happening. That wasn't, this, this wasn't happening. Anyway, they all jumped ship. So I said, well, would you mind if I contact her to see if she wants to let go of the salon? I'll buy it. 
And uh, she's like, no, I wouldn't mind. And I'm like, would you come back and manage it? Like, we'll buy you out of this lease. Mm, (laughs) And she's like, yeah, for sure. So I contact the owner and let me tell you how this goes. This is so funny. So I contact the owner of the salon and she made a post. She ended up making a post on Instagram that said something like, if my Atlanta salon can't sustain itself without me being there, then so be it. So I felt like that was my window. So I sent her a DM. I sent her the, the post and I said, hey, I'm one of such and such's clients. I kind of know a little bit about what's going on. And then coupled with seeing this post, are you open to a conversation about a transfer of ownership for the salon? So she goes through, you know, some conversation. It gets really dramatic. And <laughs> yeah, she's like, you know, I was planning on gifting such and such the salon. And I don't want to hear all that, man. What are we trying to do? What are we doing? <laughs> um, so she's like, I was planning on gifting such and such the salon. Uh, let me see how it goes over the next couple of months and I'll keep you posted. Okay, cool. No problem. Good luck. Later that night, she said, well, Donnie, it wouldn't be a transfer of ownership. It would be a sale. Okay, well, let me know what that looks like for you and I'll let you know if I am interested. She responds immediately, $350,000. Miss Ma'am, you got one stylist left. You've been in this location maybe three months. We ain't getting no bread in here. You haven't even finished the renovation. Thank you for your conversation. You good luck to you. (laughs) So, you know, and that's what I said to her. So I wake up the next morning and she says, um, I got a message from her that says, hey, Donnie, what about $80,000? You went from 350 to 80. That's how you know you was was wrong. You knew you was wrong. You know you are dead wrong. (laughs) Okay. Um, She goes $80,000. And I said, well, um, this is a better position to start the conversation at. I'd like to take my business partner and my mentor in this space because Snoop is mentoring us through this process. I'd like to take my mentor and my business partner, bring them by the salon. Let's look at everything. I am fully aware of some issues around the salon and inside of the salon. And I don't, I can't tell you that 80,000 is the number, but it at least makes me interested in having a conversation. So we're not doing that either though. We ain't doing that either. (laughs) Um, because I already know, I know too much about the inner workings of the salon. Make sure when you hire a team, you are hiring a team that's not telling your business. Okay. Cause I know your business, ma'am. And you ain't getting $25,000. I'm going to take over this lease is what we going to do. Max. Hey, y'all don't be telling my business, right? You tell your own business. Yeah, that's good. You're right. (laughs) So I said, all right, let's do it. So we have an appointment for today. Snoop hits me. She's like, hey, you know, we confirmed, blah, 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 blah. I hit the lady yesterday. She's been responding like same day, most of the, for most part. I hit her yesterday like, hey, can we come by tomorrow at such and such time to see the salon? Oh, let me confirm and I'll, I'll text you back. Crickets. Nothing. She's getting cold feet. She's so attached to this failing idea. She had a successful salon in Atlanta for, you know, I don't know, a long time, many years, more than a decade. They had to move locations because the building that they were in was like bad and it really needed to be torn down and redone. They moved to this new location. She decides at the same time to make a permanent move across the country. And then a month later says, hey, I'm going to retire, but I'm not going to pay any of you any extra to, to manage this salon. All right, let's do some quick math. 
The less your business spends on operations, on multiple systems, on delivering your product or service, the more margin you have and the more money you can keep. But with higher expenses on materials, employees, distribution, and borrowing, everything costs more. So to reduce costs and headache, smart businesses are graduating to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, HR into one platform and one source of truth. With NetSuite, you reduce IT costs because NetSuite lives in the cloud with no hardware required. Access from anywhere. You cut the cost of maintaining multiple systems because you've got one unified business management suite. It just makes sense. You improve efficiency by bringing all your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move. So do the math. See how you'll profit from NetSuite? I know you see it. Listen to me. If you have everything scattered in business, you cannot grow. And everything is more expensive when you have more and more processes layered on top of each other, more and more softwares. You got to get out of that. And it, it will improve efficiency and cut costs. By popular demand, NetSuite has extended its one-of-a-kind flexible financing program for a few more weeks. Head to NetSuite.com slash social proof. That's NetSuite.com slash social proof. NetSuite.com slash social proof. I'm just kind of like hope that y'all hold it down. You're so attached to this failing idea. I am offering you a life jacket. I will take that salon off your hands right now, today. But now you're scared. Now your pride is getting in the way. These stylists have walked out on you. You want to prove to everyone that they're not going to be the death of this business. You Mm. just will be. Mm. So I don't know. Hopefully we have a meeting today. Um, but I told Snoop that if she didn't respond by like noon, we're just going to move on she because I don't want to do, um, number one, I, I, I'm really intentional about not going into any situations monetarily that's already attached to bad karma, not doing that. Right. And then secondly, I don't want to get excited about the deal. And then she does something later and changes her mind. So there's so many spaces, you guys, if you're in the city of Atlanta and you know about commercial spaces that you think would be prime for me and David to own a salon, like we bringing y'all a sexy salon. Mm -hmm. All right. And uh, it's a great business model. Go back and watch Snoop's episode. Watch Snoop's episode. We did it maybe four or five weeks ago. Well, it might not be out right now. Oh, shoot. So go watch it. Yep. So we have uh, Snoop, but it's 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 coming out later, uh, later. So yeah. Watch that yeah, when it comes sure. out. All right. I, I, I think um, it's cool that we're like even having this conversation because I think it's going to be really, really hard to grow a big business if you can't be a good steward over your money. And being prepared for opportunities, I don't, I don't say, me personally, I don't save money just to have it saved, just to see it. I save money to prepare to invest it in something. Mm-hmm. I will, me, I'll go broke. I'll go broke investing in stuff, yeah. right? So my my strategy now is I just want to take this kind of like, you know, whether it's digital money or whatever, because I don't know how how long y'all going to be watching the podcast or how long I can teach or how long y'all going to like me. I don't know. Um, but you hear these like stories of people who are like super successful and I'm still trying to figure out how they lose it all. Yeah, I know one way. Oh. 
So I was having a conversation with someone yesterday and they were asking me about what I thought about them purchasing this new business. And they'd already done it. They wanted my thoughts after the fact. And they, you know, I'm asking, I'm walking them through the deal, walk me through the deal. And they had to put down this big deposit on this building. And I'm like, well, how'd you do the, how'd you make the deposit? Oh, I just gave them cash. You mean from your bank account? Yeah. And I said, um, how much money do you have in the bank? Well, I got $600,000 in the bank. Okay, that's fair. Uh, but why, what made you make the decision to leverage your own cash? Like how many times do we have to tell you that there is a such thing as good debt, right? And instead of putting your money down, let's just say it's $100,000 down payment on this property that you now have to renovate, why wouldn't you get funding for that pay the funding back over time, right? Just for a short period of time. Let's say take out a $100,000 loan instead, pay it back, do your process. Maybe you make payments over time, let's say three, $4,000 a month for X amount of months. That's a much better position to be in while you're getting the building prepared to start generating cash flow. And then from the cash flow of another asset, you pay off the loan. Meanwhile, you have your $100,000 in the bank. So if things go awry and this business doesn't go the way that you anticipated it going, you didn't use any of your own money. That $100,000 on a bad business is lost forever. But in funding, you still have access to this money now to use and to try to come up with another idea, invest in something else different, right? So that you still have your, you still have your money. People are going broke because number one, they're leveraging too much of their own cash for growth. All right, so I'm about to go. Yeah, right, let's get you a seat. Can we get him a seat? You want to sit there? Like, you sure? Let me see real quick. We're gonna get you a seat. Um, well, I just and I was actually I was I wasn't gonna just like go talk about it, but um, I kind of went against what you just said. And you always do. So. Dang, I, I don't know if I, I want to talk about it. Anyway, all right, I, I, we're here now. So yesterday, <laughs> <laughs> so yesterday, I paid off this whole building. I love it. Yesterday. <laughs> but I'm, I'm almost, I'm almost, I don't want to, I don't want to have too much money liquid. Because the only thing that money can do is like go away. It doesn't just sit in an account and kind of flip itself. So I'll give, I'll give y'all the whole, all right, I am talking about business. Okay. So I bought this building at a, um, I did it uh, owner financing, which what it looks like is I have, my taxes are filed now. Okay. But yeah. at the time I ain't filed my taxes in a, in a couple of years. So judging me. Okay, <laughs> I thought I was uh, <laughs> a gesture of judgment. All right, so um, yeah, so for a little while, and I'm like, well, I want to buy something, but the bank isn't going to give me any money if you don't have any tax returns, right? So I'm looking. Somebody informs me about owner financing. I'm like, oh, what's that? Well, they said the person who owns the property, they'll be the bank for you. Mm-hmm. So meaning you just pay them. And typically, a term is going to be something like uh, interest only for a certain amount of years and a balloon payment. So the way this building works is the guy, I, and I saw, it was, it was so crazy. I, did I manifest this? Let's talk about it. Good. Let's see. So the, I'm, I'm looking into this owner financing and I'm, I'm on loop that I'm looking at like these buildings 
And I'm like, hey, do y'all do owner financing, seller financing? And some people say no. Some people didn't know what I was talking about. But I'm driving by and I see a sign in the door that said owner finance. And I said, oh, this is perfect. Right around the corner from our other studio. So I called a guy and I said, um, I said, you know, what, well, you know, what do you want? He said, this is the amount. These are the terms. Terms are 10%. He wanted like 30% down. Mm-hmm. Interest only for five years with a balloon payment. What that looks like is, let's say, for instance, the building's $100,000. He wants thirty thousand down. Mm-hmm. The other seventy thousand, he'll hold that note for five years, but I'm paying only interest for five years, and then at the end of five years, I pay the seventy thousand, mm-hmm. which is an amazing model. Which for him, I want to buy. <laughs> yeah, but I'm looking at it for me. I'm like, yo. So you mean to tell me if I own a building outright, what I can do is I can take a certain amount of money down. And you pay me interest only for a certain amount of years. Most of the time, I think it was it was something like 70% of these deals or something like that. The person never pays off the loan. So this is what could happen. Let's say, let's say this it wasn't hundred thousand. I wish it was. But let's say, for instance, um, the building's a hundred thousand, he wants thirty thousand down up front, and then interest only is, let's say, I don't know, a thousand dollars a month for five years. I can give him the thirty thousand. I can give them $1,000 a month for like four years. And if I default on the loan, he takes the building back. Mm-hmm. He still owns it. But I paid him $30,000 plus 1000 a month for five years. Mm-hmm. Most of the times, the, the person never fulfills that obligation. Isn't that crazy? Now, here's why you didn't not do what I suggested. Mm-hmm. So if you had, per- you, you've, you've had this building for how long? Uh, since October, he closed October 2020. All right. So we, we're two years, two years into now. the building. If you had found the building and paid cash for it right away, mm-hmm. you would have been doing what I'm not suggesting. Yeah. But you financed the building first. You leveraged yeah. other people's money, his yeah. technically, and you made payments on it until you created another asset that'll put you in a position to then pay it off. 100%. Right? And I'm like so invested in the spot. Yeah. And at, at this point, I'm paying him like, it was like $2,800 a month, interest only. Mm-hmm. So I paid this man $2,800. For two years. For two years, every month, that didn't even touch the principal. Yeah. But that's that's the thing that I want. I don't want you guys to miss. We're talking about how do people go broke? Yeah. They keep dumping their own cash into liabilities exactly. without creating new assets via leveraging other yep. people's money. And then the other thing that you you kind of touched on it, the other reason that we go broke is because money depreciates. Your money does not appreciate. Mm-hmm. And so if you feel like, I remember my first time having $100,000 in the bank, I'm like, we just going to leave that thing right there. <laughs> <laughs> we said, like, I'm literally on the phone with my mom every day counting it down. Like, we made 15 today. Oh, we only made four today. We did mm-hmm. this. When it got to $100,000, like I took the whole, I took me, my mom, my daughter out to eat. I'm crying. I have tears. And I was so proud of this $100,000 sitting in the bank. Then I remember it being time to pay bills. And then, you know, I paid for three households. And so when I went to pay these bills, it went down to like 
80 something thousand dollars in the bank. And I'm like, "Mm, this doesn't last very long. Right. So it was an indication to me that one, we got to make money faster. But two, I have to find a way to multiply the money that we have already. So once I got into a situation where I felt comfortable with having a reserve of living expenses, that's all you need. 12 months of your living expenses, your business operating expenses at most right now at the stage that we're in is what you need in the bank, right? Invest everything else. So since then, I have invested um, into things. And for example, taking that same $100,000, investing it in, in within three, four months, more than doubling that investment, it will never happen in the bank. Your bank loses loses money. Your money loses value in the bank. You're paying bills from that same account. Like you can't keep taking away. If you put yourself in a position where you constantly have to be making money in order to like physically doing something to make money in order to have money, you're going to go broke. One day you're not going to be physically able or have the desire to do it. You've got to figure out how to diversify your portfolio financially on auto drive. And that's going to be through leveraging other people to build wealth for you. So then that's where investing in hedge funds come in. If you are skilled investing in the stock markets, um, investing in real estate, and I'm talking about like multifamily, like single family homes and things. That's great. That's a start. But getting some multifamily assets. So now you have many families contributing to that asset. Two things are happening. You're making revenue and cash flow every single month, but you're also buying down or paying down your uh, liability on this asset, this building now that you own. And then one day you flip that that building into another asset and buy another asset. Like it's a constant cycle of leveraging other people's money. And if you don't get that part right, we will go broke. I don't care how many millions you have. We see it all the time. And pay your taxes. Pay your freaking taxes because they're going to take it. For sure. Yeah, you know, I, I learned another lesson from this too because like like Donnie said, like you want to, you don't want to like use your own cash. You want to leverage other cash and you have like this good debt. And I'm talking to all these people, even real estate professionals. And they're like, yo, don't put that much money into the building. You could use that money and put it somewhere else. And I, I get it. But I, and, and, and I couldn't just take the advice because the advice didn't consider my own personal goals. And I think we hear stuff on social media and it's a blanket statement. So on the, on the surface, for the purpose of this podcast, yes, don't dump all your money into some investment because you can probably, or dump all your money into a building because you can take that money and make more money. So at this this building, the interest only was 7%, right? So I'm paying 7%. And I'm telling my friend, I'm like, yo, I think I should pay it off because I don't want to pay this $2,800, every, $2,800 a month anymore, anymore. He said, well, if you take the money that you have right now, you can make more than $2,800 with it, right? I said, yeah, I can. You're right. So I'll just keep paying the $2,800. But I have different goals and a different vision for myself. I... I want like my, my hard costs outside of like employees and stuff like that. But like my next thing is I want to pay off the house and I don't have to have any debt at all. Yeah. And I think with, in my mind, I have to make $2,800 from this building every single month so that I break even. But if I could not have that on my brain, maybe it takes a little bit of 
like a little bit of like stress off of me mm-hmm. in my life. So like I want to, now I got this whole vision where I don't owe anything. And maybe, maybe like other investments, obviously I'll have some debt. And then I started to consider this. If I own this building outright, I can always refinance with the bank. It'll give me 80% of the value. Mm-hmm. So really the money is just sitting there almost in like a savings account, better than the bank. But in this scenario, I feel like I'm making an extra $2,800 because I don't have to pay it anymore because I just put the money into the building. But if I need the money to go invest in something else, I can refinance, take 80% out, take that money, put it into something else. Sure. So I'm like, I have to like you, I think we all have to have our own plan because everybody's plan isn't for you. It's not going to be based on your goals. That is that is true. And while that is true, there are just some really dumb financial decisions. That's a fact. And that's if fact. you had purchased this building outright cash, oh, I would have said, that's dumb. Yeah. We look at things like we see it on Instagram yeah, and it's like, oh, I just bought a house cash. And I'm looking like, what an idiot. <laughs> right? Like, why would you do that? Oh, I just bought this car cash. Why? Why? Man. You literally just lost money as soon as you signed that paper. Before you even drive up the lot, you literally just lost money unless you're purchasing like an exotic. What's up, podcaster or soon-to-be podcaster? Get ready to level up your podcast game because the number one podcast education summit of the year is back, and it's bigger and better than ever. I'm talking about the second annual podcast summit happening on July 4th and 5th in the content creation capital of the world. You already know, ATL, baby. Atlanta, Georgia, going down July 4th and 5th, two full days. Imagine this. Imagine you getting all the game you need to take your voice, your brand, your your business to the next level. Imagine getting all the insider tips. Imagine getting all the know-how that you've been craving for the last two, three, four years where you're talking about you're going to start a podcast, but you haven't yet because you don't have the tools, you don't have the tips, you don't have the tricks. I don't care if you're just starting or you're a seasoned pro. This summit has something for everyone. Picture you mastering the basics of setting up your podcast or unlocking the secrets to grow your brand on social media. We're not just talking about podcasting here. I'm talking about you want to build a long form catalog, whether it's skits, movies. We got people talking about script writing. This is an incredible experience. Imagine, imagine discovering the art of securing these lucrative sponsorship deals. And that's not all. Learn the ropes of creating a pitch deck that has sponsors knocking down your door. But wait, 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 wait. There's more. This isn't just a summit. This is an experience. I'm telling you. Rub shoulders with industry leaders. And you got to network with the other people that are doing what you're doing. All the guests that have ever been on Social Proof Podcast, I'm giving them a free ticket. And in exchange, they promise me that they're going to sit down and do short interviews with you. We got podcast booths for our VIP members where you can sit down, pull somebody to a side, and you're going to create content in real time. I know what you're thinking. How do I get a part of this podcasting paradise? Well, it's simple. All you have to do is head over to podcastsummit.com, grab your tickets now, but hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, because I have something really, really special for you. I got a little treat for my early birds, people who take action. The next 20 listeners and only 20 listeners who get your tickets right now, okay? I'm not only going to give you 20% off of whatever ticket level you get, you get 20% off, but if you use the promo code BIGDEAL, It'll take 20% off immediately, but I'm also going to allow the first 20 people t- listening to this right now to be able to bring a friend, bring a teammate, bring a partner for absolutely free. You get general admission, they get general admission. You get VIP, they get VIP. Whatever ticket level you purchase, you get to bring a friend, partner, colleague, 
boo thing for absolutely free. Nothing extra required. My team's going to reach out to you, get your partner's name, or if you don't have the person you know right now yet, you got time, no pressure, you get us back. But use that code big deal. That triggers to let us know you get to bring someone for free. So don't wait. So secure your spot at the number one podcast education summit in the country. Join us July 4th and 5th in Atlanta. Let's turn your podcast dreams into a reality, y'all. Head over to podcastsummit.com. Use promo code BIGDEAL at checkout and get your tickets now. Don't miss out on the opportunity to take your podcast to new heights, take your brand to new heights, take your business to new heights with this unprecedented offer, okay? I'll see you at the summit. And don't forget to use promo code Big deal. That appreciates over time, right? Mm -hmm. Or at least holds its value. Some decisions are just plain stupid. And I don't want people to miss while you're talking about injecting all this cash into this asset. I don't want people to miss the fact that before you did that, you leveraged somebody else, right? And you created another asset. And that is so important because here's the thing, like for the average person, if you save up all this money, let's say you you manage to save $100,000 and you know, we know you can't get much for $100,000 in terms of real estate these days. But let's just say, for easy math, you saved up $100,000 and you're like, oh, I'm going to go and buy my dream home and I'm going to pay $100,000 cash because I want all my hard costs eliminated. I don't want any debt, blah, 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 blah. Okay, well, fast forward a couple of years, a pandemic happens again. You've got your home, right? You lose your job. You don't have access to any money because you spent all of your money on this home. Now you need other people's money, okay? Now you want a $100,000 loan to smooth you out through this pandemic. Well, guess what the bank is going to say? Well, Mr. Sir, we don't see any any uh we don't see any evidence that you've been able to pay back a $100,000 loan on your credit. Unfortunately, even though you have all these assets and you pay your bills on time, there's no evidence that say you're going to pay us back. Mm. You don't have anything on your credit. You have to leverage these things also to build credit because credit is still the name of the game. Funding Mm. is still the name of the game. And while paying cash for something may feel good, it does nothing for you from a strategic perspective. You need to leverage, purchase that same house. Take that same $100,000 that you were going to invest in it Mm -hmm. and put it in a savings account if that makes you feel better or invest it into a hedge fund and you take the profits that you're earning from it every single month to pay your mortgage while that $100,000 is still earning compound interest for you. That strategy that makes you rich forever. And as long as you can access other people's money over and over and over and over again, you'll never go broke. 100%. Absolutely. And that, and it's, again, it's going to be based on your goals for your life. And if you want to accelerate your income, you have to keep leveraging money. Yeah. But some people, their goal is to not have to go make money. Like imagine your house and let's say you're working really, really hard to pay it off and your car, you don't have a note and you got some sort of savings and you don't have to go out there and hustle. And that's the lifestyle you want. I don't want to make $100 million. I don't want to make $50 million. I want to have to be responsible for eating every month yeah. with my family. And that's your goal, yeah. right? So I, I I, don't, I think if we don't have a goal, then we're just going to start taking everybody's advice. And I'm in a different scenario where when I, when I have some money, for some reason, I, I chill a little bit. Tell me more. You chill. 
If I like say I, I do a a project with somebody and we make a bunch of money. Mm-hmm. I'm not I don't be super excited. Yo, let's go do it again. We gotta keep grinding. I'm like, man, Drake, where you wanna go? You wanna hang out? You wanna, you wanna where you wanna go? You wanna go to LA? Let's 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 go let's go kick it. Like little two week break. But when if I invest money and that account get low, I get hungry. Mm-hmm. I get hungry. I'd be trying to figure it out. My team meetings being sent. Listen, y'all know <laughs> when I didn't took some money, yo, because last few, I'd, I'd be like, I'd be giving money to Terrica for like real estate, real estate. So if I'm getting more frustrated, I'm like, tight, y'all feel that energy. The account is getting low. The account is getting low. So when it's up for, for me, this is just, and I actually got it from uh, Grant Cardone. Grant said, yo, I get a bunch of money. I immediately deploy it into real estate. Because I need to see the account get low because that drives me to go make more money. Mm-hmm. Right now, I think we all have the energy, the ideas, the vision. We got the network. We all getting it. We got the energy to go do that. But I know forever, it, it won't happen like that forever. Yep. So my, my philosophy now is whatever money I make, I want to put it into something that pays me a little bit. So that like later, the, the passive income, like let's say like real estate, I want to get a whole bunch of real estate, rental income and all that kind of stuff where it's not like you're going to make 20,000 here, 30,000. You might make a thousand dollars a month from the property. But if you got like 50 of them joints over time where you're taking this digital money that you're making or performance money or you're, you're a speaker, you take some of the money, you're putting it into something that that is going to appreciate but pay you like consistent money because people are always going to need something to, somewhere to live. Yep. Eventually, I don't want to have to go make money. Whether y'all watch this podcast or not, I don't care. Because me and my wife, we still going to have a good life. We going to kick it. Whether y'all come to an event that I'm doing or buy a product or service, I ain't got to sell that many to live a good life. Because the passive income outweighs the active income. And that is the ultimate goal. And I think that's why people invest in like startups and businesses. Because if I invest enough along the journey while we hot, Wow, we got the energy to go grind. Eventually, we won't have to do it anymore. Yeah. So living a life, of de- yo, but it was crazy. We did a, uh, we did a, I'm not going to say which event. It was an event. And we did, had a whole bunch of real estate people. And people do big real estate deals. Like Tarika got five, 600 units. This other guy got 5,000 units. Another guy got 900 units, right? Of real estate to pay every month. And one of the people on the panel was saying, I don't want no debt. I own my properties outright. And she might have like seven, eight properties owned outright. And she was trying to explain to these people who have hundreds and thousands of units that, yo, y'all in debt. And if if something crashes, then y'all gonna have to pay them notes. Mm -hmm. But they're operating at a higher level, like because they know they can manage it. And they're like, yo, how can you, how can you ever get to a thousand units if you own, if all your money is into this particular, these seven properties, right? Different, yeah, for sure. Different philosophies. Yeah. And I mean, these people are like super, super wealthy. Yeah. Right. And they're trying to explain to her, but she's like, nah. And she's kind of talking about the life insurance and stuff like that. And I was like, wow, that's interesting. People have different philosophies, but whatever makes them happy should make them happy. Yeah. But listening to both of them, if you don't have a plan for your life, you'll get confused. You'll get stupid. You'll just start following advice. Yeah. So. 
Yeah. You'll get confused. I mean, I think we started confused. Like most of us are taught as kids that credit is bad. Save all your money. Like we're literally programmed to do that. You give your kids an allowance and you tell them, save some of your money. You take them to the bank and they're so excited to open up, you know, their first bank account and put their money in the bank. And I think if we start having the conversations earlier about, you know, let's let's take $5 and open a, what is it, Robinhood account and put it into a stock and let's watch that money grow. Kids will actually start to, to be really intrigued and excited early, early, early about the action and the activity of investing. And then they become teenagers and adults that are having different conversations. My daughter was trading stocks at 13 years old when I didn't even... I, no clue. I still don't really have any clue about trading stocks, right? Yeah. Um, but at 13 years old, she comes home and she's like, mommy, can you um, open a Robinhood account? I'm like, what's that? And she's like, it's an account. It's a platform that we use to trade stocks. I'm like, trade stocks? <laughs> and she's like, yeah, such and such. I forget the kid's name. This guy, this um, one of her classmates, um, I think his father traded stocks and taught him very early on. So he started this club at school where he would give them the plays to run. And I am watching like she put, you know, when you open a Robinhood account, I think you get five a stock for free mm -hmm. and you got like a five dollar bonus for signing people up. So she had to do it in, in my name. Hopefully that doesn't get me in any trouble. <laughs> <But> <laughs> she had to do it in my name because she wasn't 18 and she kept referring people. So she would earn this five dollar bonus and she was leveraging that five dollar bonus to make more stock investments. And I'm just looking at the account. You know, and at 13 years old, you see it go from $5 to $80. Now you're excited and you're learning how money moves and you want to learn strategy, different strategies. One of the things we talked about a couple of years ago, like early on, I think I'll never stop talking about the experience that I had at that mass, the first mastermind I ever went to at the Porsche dealership mm -hmm. up by the airport. And it was a room of people who it was just such a diverse room. People were talking about, you know, at that time, I had not yet made seven figures. Um, I was probably making six figures, but still struggling because my overhead was so high. And I am in a room full of entrepreneurs who are talking about like $60 million a year. And I just could, what? Mm. You're like, y'all, you're younger than me. Y'all getting <laughs> this kind of money. And I'm listening to the ideas and I'm listening to the conversations that they're having. And like, you know, that's when I learned about metrics and data, you know, really paying attention to it. We see the reports in our back office. You see those reports back there in Stripe. Mm -hmm. How often do you pull them? Your dashboard on your Square account, your Stripe account, how often do you actually scroll through those numbers and see what your churn rate is? Who knows what their churn rate is? Exactly, right? So exposure is the key to really understanding 100%. things at a higher level. And your financial strategy isn't wrong right now. It's what you know is where you are. But as you start to grow, you got to be really intentional because you got to know that if you're not satisfied with your finances, then you're missing some information. Yeah. You need to be exposed to something. So then it becomes your responsibility to say, hey, I need to be exposed to different information. How, who can I talk to? What circles can I sit in that has just a little bit more information than I do where I could learn another strategy and leverage that for a while until I learn something more and something more. And conversations like this, are important. Oh, for sure. Just being here today, like there's, you guys are thinking about money right now, right? Like, yo, there's gotta be a play. And the more you get that feeling, that's why church is so effective. You gotta go every week because you get that yeah. feeling, right? And they said, well, every 
every, like just once a week isn't enough. So you got Bible study in the middle, right? Because you got to have that feeling again. And one of the biggest hacks was just keep, I had to keep getting around this conversation. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't like something they say, well, do this, that, and this. It wasn't like, all right, I'm going to do those. It was the feeling that I had when I left the room, I came to my own conclusions. Yeah. Just being around it. My daughter, yo, it's so crazy. My daughter, she was making the beaded bracelets for uh, Black Equity Con mm-hmm. and she's selling them and she gets behind because like day one, people are ordering, but people order more than she has. So she's like, oh, I'll make it. First person comes, she said, oh, I'll make it for you. No problem. I'll bring it tomorrow. Somebody else comes. Oh, I'll make that one for you. Okay, I'm already going to be making one. I'll make that one too. She's that night slaving away, <laughs> making these little bracelets. At the end, I'm like, yo, you like the money, right? She's like, oh, I made X amount. After it's over, I like the money. I like the money. But do you want to be making bracelets every night? No, I don't like that part. But now we can have a conversation based on we tried something. There's something you like about it, but there's something you don't like. Right. Okay. So you like selling it, making the money. You're a cute kid, right? You like talking, making a sale. Yes, that was fun. Okay. Well, can we get somebody else to make them? Now let's go on a website and find some. Right. And I think that's the conversation we need to have. Yeah. Not only around our kids, but like when I, like some of my friends, I just have them come by. Like my boy Brandon, right? He's not entrepreneurial, mm-hmm. right? But I keep telling him, yo, you just got to hang around me more, bro. Yeah. You just got to be here because you're going to talk about this stuff all day. And eventually you'll pick something up. So Joe obviously produced the podcast, been around for, I don't know, a year, three, four years now. It's been a minute. And I popped up to Terrica's mastermind and guess who was there? Joe, I didn't know. I had no idea. He was like, yo, I got to get in this real estate game. Then he, he made a post. I thought it was cool. He said something like, this is personal or something like that. I was like, <laughs> I don't know what that means. But he had a feeling, right? Mm-hmm. Just being in a room, you can't be around this all day and not feel something that's going to spark you to do something. Yeah. And the thing is, when it comes to matters of money, uh, you don't have to be an entrepreneur to start mm-hmm. having these conversations. Like it matters regardless of where you are. And one, like just based on my own experience, I think I was so afraid to talk about like money and credit for so long because I didn't have any money or credit for so long. <laughs> <laughs> so these aren't conversations that you want to have. Like, oh, y'all talking about money? Oh, I can't relate, yeah. right? Unless we're playing Monopoly, there's no move that I can make. <laughs> but when you, so the first step is Start learning how to make money, mm-hmm. right? For sure. And then as soon as you get into a position where you're making money, start learning what are, ask the question that you ask me, what are you doing with your money? And instead of asking, I think sometimes the way we frame our questions, give us answers that feel incomplete or you don't know what to do. Start asking people, may I ask you, what do you do with your money? What do you do with your profits? Because when you can see, if you ask me what you should do with your money, I might be giving you some very general information, things mm-hmm. that I'm probably not even doing anymore, but I'm guessing at where you might be in your life and I'm giving you some information. I don't know that you got an inheritance and you got $200,000 in the bank, right? So start asking. I was on live this morning. And I was telling people, ask me higher level questions. Like, don't ask me a question that's going to fix like, this one issue and the result of it will only help you today. Let's start asking questions that are going to produce answers that you can use over and Ah, spring. Nothing like the world progressing towards summer to inspire your own progress. That's what life's all about. 
in your career, relationships, and your finances. Let's talk about that last one. With the Chime Secured Credit Builder Visa Credit Card, it's easy to start building credit with everyday purchases and regular on-time payments with no annual fees or interest. So your weekly grocery run can feel even more productive and that morning coffee can taste like a little victory. And if your credit scores grow, so could your opportunities to get lower rates on loans, like for a new ride or finally having a home to call your own. Sounds like progress, right? With Chime Secured Credit Card, you can start improving your credit scores right away. Get started today at Chime.com build. That's Chime.com build. Chime. Feels like progress. The Chime Credit Builder Visa Credit Card is issued by Bancorp Bank N.A. or Stride Bank N.A. Members FTIC. Out-of-network ATM withdrawal and OTC advance fees may apply. Terms and conditions apply. Go to Chime.com disclosures for details. Over and over again. And so I want everybody who's watching this, who's plugged into the room, literally start asking questions like that. What are you doing with your money? Not what do I need to do with my money? Because I don't know what kind of money you have. Mm-hmm. What are you doing? With your money, what do you do when you have to let a team member go? What are you doing to diversify your portfolio? Okay, what was the first start, first ser- first service you started with? Now, what are your offers and your like? Get bold and start asking big questions, and you're start you're going to start getting big answers from people who are willing to share big questions plus big answers equals big results. And I, and, and taking question asking to another level, start asking questions based on what you've done already. Like the activity. So some people say, yo, Dave, how do you build a podcast? How do you build a following? And I can give you some advice, but once you actually start it, it's going to be, you'll have a different experience. I saw these border boys last weekend and they approached me just how they approached you. And I was like, you guys, if you wore a button down shirt and like some slacks, I think you like make a million dollars like every weekend if you did that. I'm like, you can just go to the Goodwill. I know that's probably not what you really want to do, but if you can't afford it, hey, just start there. And so one guy was like, I want to receive that information from you. I said, if y'all do that, because I live right off this exit, I'll come back next weekend and pay both of y'all $100. Mm. So one guy was like, okay, I like it. I'm going to receive that. The other guy was like, I got $1,000 in my pocket right now. Why I need to listen to you and do all of that? But that's going back to your point when you were saying, did you um, make belittle him a little bit or feel like he can't continue to? I think these guys, the water boys, know exactly what they're doing. They're hustlers. They're from the hood. And they're out here trying to make a living. So when you don't, when we don't give them the money that they're asking for, they don't really feel bad. And I believe they're making a lot of money. Nah, they'd be angry. I feel like I they'd be hood angry, not real angry. What? That's the worst angry. It's not a real it's not a real anger say, though. I can't I think say they that. get ignorant. I don't think they yeah, get angry. It's, they it's, start cursing you yeah, out. It's oh, ignorant. Yeah, it's hard, like they're angry. That's yeah. at 17, 16, whatever they are. That's anger. I think they don't have no other anger. Emotionally unstable. Oh, let me get back to your point though. Um, we tried to we used to like who can we get? I'm DMing everybody, you know, nobody's responding, blah, blah, because we didn't really, we, it wasn't popping like that yet. And then as we started to get celebrities that began to appear, the episodes didn't hit because there were not enough people watching the episodes for it to really matter. So then we said, you know what, the, the celebrity episodes aren't really doing it because the thing about the celebrities is they're not, it's not their responsibility to start saying, hey, I was wearing his stuff. I was on the Social Proof podcast. Let me let my whole audience know about it. If they happen to share it and tag you, sure. But most times they're so busy 
that they don't. They won't do it. They won't do it. Yeah. They won't tag you in the polls. They won't. You got hundreds of thousands of comments about this this interview or this hat or this crossbody bag, and they forget to tag you. And then it's a missed opportunity. But for a literal answer to your question, how do you leverage it? Number one, like Dave said, keep building for sure. But you can also creatively run ads to the picture with his permission. Um, I've never seen a celebrity post a picture in somebody's thing and they had an issue with that company running an ad using that picture like it happens all the time. But I most recently saw um, 50 Cent file a lawsuit on that spot in Miami because, and so we got to be really, really careful with that. Um, He took a picture with the owner of this spa who does like male enhancements and female enhancements. And she posted the picture in a way to make people believe that he had a Mm. penis enlargement. And he's suing the crap out of her and basically said, I'm going to own your spas, right? Mm. So I Mm. think being ethical and not over-exaggerating, like shout out to Tip for rocking the brand might be as far as you want to go with that. But you can try running an ad to get some leads in, knowing that they they may or may not purchase, but then run um, some tar- some retargeting marketing to them on the back end through your emails and text messages campaign. That's the only way it's going to matter for you on a large scale. The people who are following you right now, it's just, it, nobody cares. It's not enough. Let's get one more uh, question. You got a question? Throw the mic real quick. One more and we got to... Uh... Wrap this thing on yeah. up. yeah. Okay, so I, this is kind of a twofold question. One, you had mentioned that um, at one point in your career, you were in rooms with people where you were like, okay, we're talking about money. I'm going to just, you know, sit over here. Um, one, when you were finding your mentor, how did you go about doing that? Like, what was the way that you said, hey, I'm going to be transparent and I want to say, I'm trying to learn from you. And then two, um, how open are you to someone saying, hey, let me take you to lunch so that I can sit down and say, this is, this is my plan. How does this make sense? And how do I like activate my plan in the way that best suits me? Yep. Uh, so real quick, I'm not open to lunch dates at all. Okay. <laughs> kind of. I, I will. A little bit. Some, it, it really depends on. It the, depends on the, how hungry yeah. I am that day. Or the vibe. The um, person, what the, yeah. What's the vibe? You fly. I might like to hang out with you. I was going to say, girl, <laughs> I'll take you for um, night. But just, just, just generally speaking, I, I don't do lunch dates like that anymore because, I mean, we're talking about a, a $50 lunch and you're going to pick the crap out of my brain. And it's exhausting. I don't enjoy the lunch. You get everything you need. I would rather you say, hey, can I just book a call with you? Let's save the lunch, right? You can cash at me some lunch money, though. I like it. <laughs> um, in all seriousness, the first part of the conversation, my very first mentor found me. I didn't find him. And he found me at a time I had owned a clothing store. I owned a a couple of clothing stores and um, Instagram became a thing. I had this clothing store on Windy Hill. And I always tell the story that someone said, maybe you just need to transition your model and close this brick and mortar because you're struggling here and open online. Well, this is that someone who came in and said that. And I'm like, I don't want to do that. You know, I really want my store. Like I'm, I'm suffering and I'm struggling. And so eventually I would go on to close this clothing store, but I didn't want to do the online thing. And um, I would I would be introduced to this gentleman through a mutual friend. And uh, I would just kind of offer advice like, oh, I would do such and such. Oh, your business model sounds interesting. One thing that I have always done is talk too much. And so in this case, I'm listening to them tell me about their business. And I'm like, oh, if I were you, I would do this. I would do this. I would do this. And one day he said, you should do it. 
And I'm like, teach me. And that's how it started. I was hungry, but I offered value first. So because I, I, I believe because I offered value first, I was someone that he wanted to have around. And in that process, like I made it clear, like teach me how to make money. Like I don't want you to give me money. I don't want you to teach me one particular thing. Like I want you to teach me how to make money. If I have to change industries, it still works. If I have to pivot, it still works. If I got to start from scratch, I still know how to do what it is. If I lost everything today, I could start over with full confidence. I'm not worried, right? right. He, he, he found me. I didn't find him. But the thing was, even though at that time I felt like, oh, I owned, you know, I'm coming off a of clothing, closing my clothing store, which made money, but not enough money. Even though I felt like I was a businesswoman too, I learned the very, the most important thing was to just shut up, shut up and listen. So when he found me and he started telling me, this is what you need to do. I just did it. Why? Because I saw his life, his lifestyle and his results. And I liked what he had going on a whole lot more than I had going on a whole lot more than what I had going on. And for the first time in my life, I don't know, God just spoke and said, shut your broke self up and listen. <laughs> and that's what I did. <laughs> that's the name of this uh, podcast. That's the name of the title. Shut your broke self up and listen is a hit podcast. Oh, I for sure. It. Yeah. I, and I, I think, that before this drops. right. right. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I think, uh, one of the, as we close, right. Um, the harder you work, the easier it is to find a mentor. Like if you make some noise, man, it it ain't gonna be long for somebody come and like draw you closer. Every, I mean, build something. People reach out. I'm telling you, especially even even if you're not like building it big, but that work ethic is out there. Somebody gonna be like, y'all like this kid. Yeah, I like this young lady. Yeah. She is killing it. And just just start building. Yep. And I want to say to you, um, probably even more valuable than taking someone to lunch. I have taken, and don't feel bad if that's where you are in life. I have taken many people to lunch to pick their brains. Um, I have also had many people take me to lunch to pick their brains. But usually in that environment, you're kind of up against the time clock. You got a waitress coming back and forth. We're going to see somebody that we know. The conversation is interrupted. I'm not really wanting to answer all these questions like I'm mentally drained. It takes a lot mentally. People don't really get that. It takes a lot mentally to pour into somebody else. Um, but what Dave and I are doing right now are Q&A sessions. Mm. Um, we've got some Q&A sessions going on where you can have a focused conversation, minus the food, minus the drinks, minus everything. And you get to the bottom yeah. of that, you know, kind of that way. And I think that would be more beneficial and you get to be on the podcast. So um, I, I believe all of you are in the morning meetup. You know about that. You can do the Saturday. Uh, uh, the Q&A's drop on Saturdays. Drop on Saturdays but yeah. if you really, really, really are serious about the kind of questions that you can ask that will produce a result and give you exposure in your business, I would recommend that. Um, even the Brain Picker podcast, because working, what I have learned about mentorship as we wrap up is I preferred, even though I came across an incredible mentor, I was still on his time. And as he grew more in success, his time grew less available to me. And so then I started investing in coaches. Once I learned the, once I learned that you could invest in somebody and they have to be available per your agreement, the game changed for me. You mean to tell me you got to meet me here every single week at this time, every single time? That's the cheat code for me because I don't want, I promise you, I could give you my number today. Mm -hmm. 
you are going to have trouble reaching me consistently. I have trouble reaching her consistently. Yeah, she picked up the I called, she picked up the phone. I said, Oh, whoa, hello, hello. I was shocked that she picked up the phone. <laughs> Did I? I was like, Yo, what yeah. in the world? <laughs> yeah. All right, um, valuable, Gus. Yes. Okay, great, man. Please make sure you subscribe. Thank you. I appreciate the clap. Uh, make sure y'all subscribe to the podcast. If you're listening, share this with someone. Share the wealth with someone, okay? Um, this episode is sponsored by Donnie Wiggins. All right. Well, this episode is sponsored by me, Six Figure EDU, you guys. I work with entrepreneurs from your growth phase, your start phase, your growth phase, your scale phase. So we have programs available and services that are one-on-one and group, depending on where you are in your business. SixFigureEDU.com. If you are someone who says, I like what they do. I like that they help people get a transformation. I want to help some people get a transformation too. I teach you how to build your own coaching and consulting business and scale it. SixFigureEDU.com. This episode is also brought to you by the Brain Picker Podcast. You heard her. How can I pick your brain? Easy, how? BrainPickerPodcast.com. It's a platform where we you get to ask us questions for an hour, both of us, and it's actually live on YouTube. So you'll see a lot of people in the comments comment, checking in, like, oh, I like what they're doing. Like, we're going through your website. We're giving you exposure and it just lives on YouTube forever. So BrainPickerPodcast.com. Yep, yep, yep. And you get the head and the neck. <laughs> Let's go, you guys. Yeah, I don't know if I like it. I don't, I don't know if I like the whole head and neck. That just sounds crazy. Can I do my sponsorship? Oh, Bring your mic back. Just, Dave, this episode is also brought to you by, by Dave. Brought and to by the Morning Meetup, the the only organization that gathers every single day. If you want to be on the line with me and my friends every single morning, Monday through Friday, go to themorningmeetup.com. We are teaching, coaching, inspiring, but most importantly, we have an infectious community. Everybody here, pretty much. Um, is in the morning meetup. And that is one of the perks because I like to keep my family close. When I'm doing something, I can invite my family to wherever I'm at, wherever city I'm at. I'm like, yo, we doing a lunch in this city. I'm here, pull up. So themorningmeetup.com, if you want to grow as an entrepreneur specifically designed for people who make less than $250,000 a year or have a job and a dream and are trying to build something, you need to be in the the morning meetup because you need community, all right? So themorningmeetup.com. And that is all. We out. Peace. Ah, spring. Nothing like the world progressing towards summer to inspire your own progress. That's what life's all about. In your career, relationships, and your finances. Let's talk about that last one. With the Chime Secured Credit Builder Visa Credit Card, it's easy to start building credit with everyday purchases and regular on-time payments with no annual fees or interest. So your weekly grocery run can feel even more productive and that morning coffee can taste like a little victory. And if your credit scores grow, so could your opportunities to get lower rates on loans. Like for a new ride or finally having a home to call your own. Sounds like progress, right? With Chime Secured Credit Card, you can start improving your credit scores right away. Get started today at Chime.com build. That's Chime.com build. Chime. Feels like progress. The Chime Credit Builder Visa Credit Card is issued by Bancorp Bank N.A. or Stride Bank N.A. Members FTIC. Out-of-network ATM withdrawal and OTC advance fees may apply. Terms and conditions apply. Go to Chime.com disclosures for details.